brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Yes, it's sippin' time again. Hello and welcome to this Sips episode, where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. This is a one-hour show. Are we the best at 2 a.m., really? I am the best at 2 a.m. I know you're not, because I know your wife. This is a one-hour show. Also, (laughs) something that I know that you don't know anything about for an hour, not even 52 minutes. Again, she's a very sad, sad woman. This is a one-hour show that makes the occasional attempt to be entertaining for at least some small segment. A fraction. Of that. It's safe to say a fraction of that time. Yeah. Like like calculus kind of frag, like fractals, like, you know, tiny, multiple decimal point pieces of that time. Let's go for 20 minutes today. Sure. Why the hell not? Uh, This is Made Man Bob, and joining me today are Made Man Maury. Good morning, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here, sipping on some of the finest grape offerings. And good old gal Denise. Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be back. And good old boy Harmy. Yeah, whatever. Roll Tide. Blah, blah, blah. Thanks for the wine. He's in his normal, <laughs> cheerful, happy It's two happy in the morning, mood. man. I have stuff to do. I, can't I, have to, I have to go disappoint my wife. They make medication for that. I know. You did that, what, uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what I do right now. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> and he continued. She always says, it's like we were just married because he disappoints her every single day. Every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Consistency, consistency. Consistency, consistency. Well, more in myself or with the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals. With representation in eight states and two continents, our members provide a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. You can check us out at The Bourbon Mafia on Facebook. Our show is also sponsored in part by Fine Spirits in Cooper City, Florida, home of the Enomatic Machines. Serving great wines, whiskeys, and other spirits by the glass. You can find them at finespirits.net or also on Facebook. At Facebook slash Fine Spirits. At Facebook slash Harms of Disappointment slash Fine Spirits. That's a different fan page. Completely different fan oh, page. Oh, that's the one she set up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Our SIP segments are... Thousands of members. <laughs> All right. Well, we're also sponsored in part by the Florida Whiskey Society. To find out more about the society and all of their events, which are not disappointing, you can go to FTLSW.com. <laughs> you Damn. registered the domain, man. Yeah, been drinking. So our show is all about wine and distilled spirits and tea and coffee. And today's show is going to be about some interesting wines. We have some wines from Spain. And we have some champagnes. You know, champagne <laughs> is not champagne unless it comes from the province of champagne. I learned that 
in bartending school. He's right. So mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna are you gonna argue with the Walken? I think not. No. So here are the wines we're gonna be tasting today. We have uh, Castro Martin Family Estate Sobre Lias, 2017. We have the Paso Pandal Mina Vida. Mina Vida. Uh, 2018. Jeez. I told you to put the, the put the Enya in. You used an N. You can barely speak English. From Pomeray, we have the Brut Royale. From Pomeray, we also have the Blanc de Blanc, the Cuvée Louise 2004, and the Cuvée Louise Brut Nature 2004. And we're going to have Denise tell us about our sips ratings. Oh, don't mind if I do. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Take it away. One sip. Wait, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> You'll let me know. That's what he says every night, wouldn't you? What, There's medication you know for that. That wasn't me who said How that. How many times must I say it? Jeez. Okay. One sip. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. Two sips. Nice. But what else do you have? Well, isn't that nice? Three sips. Hmm, interesting. What was this again? Interesting. Four sips. Let's keep this a secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. Five sips. Oh my. I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness! Yes! 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 You Don't notice, even say it. You notice at the opposite ends of the pole, that was that was the sounds going on in the head in, in his honeymoon. In, in, in his honeymoon night, in his honeymoon. This is all he heard. Okay. And the reality was this is what she was thinking. Okay. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Nothing rare for today. Okay. All right, Mr. Happy, why don't you tell us all about uh, the first couple of wines we have here from Spain? Let's see if you can pronounce it correct. First, I hate you all. Mm-hmm. Second, uh, our first two wines are from Spain, a region that is. Uh, that not a lot of people may be familiar with. So let's have Harmeet tell us a little about the Riedish Bosch's region before we introduce the next wine. That was what we were supposed to be reading where you were making fun of me. That was the part you were supposed to be reading. Hold on. Wait, wait. Let's check the sexy chick and see if you're right. Riedish Bosch's. You're close. What? Riedish Bosch's. Anyway. No, no. no, Wine making. Not Bosch's. 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 Riedish Bosch's. Yeah, I don't like this. She's, she's 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 uh she's sexy. She's Leave stilted. Her oh, she's hot. Anyway, I know she she's got to be hot. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Let's see how we get. I don't it think right. she's it's as all good. in his head. No, I don't think she's as sexy as the chick that we had that was doing the French when we did the cheese show about a year ago. Oh yeah. Oh, I still have that app. <laughs> you are. A <laughs> I still have that app. Harm makes me play it every time I go to a store. He, just he goes asks her random questions. Make so her can talk. Hear her. Make her talk, and I hit the button, and he. Sort of rolls his eyes back in his head and makes weird noises. So, all right, go ahead. Wine making, Riach Baixas, dates back to thousands of years. The region's first winemakers are believed to have been the Romans, whose occupation of the surrounding Galicia region brought trading, technology, and viticulture. 
Most refined winemaking, more refined winemaking, was introduced by Cistercian monks who arrived from France in the 12th century. Wine production in Galicia and Riachbaches flourished in the 14th and 15th centuries with the discovery of the New World and the establishment of trade routes between Spain, England, and the rest of Europe. Planting and production in Galicia and Riachbaches continued to expand through the 19th century until the trade wars and export bans led to an, led to an overcapacity and vineyard abandonment. Then phylloxera devastated the vineyards throughout Europe. During the replanting of hybrid native Spanish varieties in the early 20th century, Albarino began to emerge as the region's star, showing its potential to produce high-quality wines in the hands of new generation of skilled winemakers. The modern winemaking history of Rioche Bacchus began in 1980, when an official, de official denomination was created specifically for the Albarino grape variety, the Denominación Específica Albarino. However, in 1988, Spain joined the EU, and the denomination was changed to Denomination de Origen, or DO, Rioche Bacchus. As the, EO, as the EU wine laws don't recognize a DO named for a single grape variety, up to 12 different grapes varieties are now uh, allowed in the DO, Rioche Bacchus, but Albarino is still king, accounting for 90% of its plantings. So, um, it's by the way, it's queen. They, they call Albarino the queen of the Spanish grapes. I don't know where you got that king from, man. It's, it's all sex-specific there in Spanish. It's Maybe if you actually race. read the script correctly, then you'd know. I'm just saying. It yeah. says king. Moving on. Let's do our first wine, kids. Our first wine is the Castro Martin Family Estate Sobre Lias 2017. This wine is made from 100% Albarino. Grapes as selected from vines that have an average age of 50 years. The vineyard sits in an elevation between 160 and 820 feet the grapes are hand-harvested using small baskets to avoid bruising of the grapes, and the fruit is then sorted upon arrival at the winery, pressed, and the juice is fermented at cool temperatures in stainless steel tanks, where it remains on its leaves for five to six months. And for those who are still learning, the leaves are the uh, basically the, the yeast, the dead yeast, after it's been, uh, and, you know, the grape skins, after it's been pressed and fermented. And right now, this beautiful wine, the color is just a, a clean straw color, very clear. The nose, it's kind of like candy to me at first, like lemon candy. I get the sweetness, and then, it, then I come back to it, it's all about white flowers and peaches. It's very pretty. Um, it's, not, it's not like um, some other Albarinos I've had where it's, it's more mineral, but this is very nice. Uh, the palette... Let me take another sip here. Mm. It's it's peaches and lemons. It's just a nice racy acidity to it that goes all through. Gets you in the sides of the tongue. Um, it's just clean. I really enjoy this wine. I think this is a great um, seafood wine. The finish is medium long. Peaches come back. Some slight minerality and like, like a salinity coming back to it. Um... I was expecting more roundness from this wine because of the five, six months on the lees. So I'm like stretching and I'm thinking maybe there's a little bit of melon here. Mm. But maybe like just on the center of the palate. But I was expecting a little more creaminess or a little more a little more weight from this from the lees. Um, what do you guys think? Denise? I agree with most of what you said. Um, on the nose, though, I really get white flowers, so not so much. Um, at first, it was sort of sweet, but not really lemon candy sweet for me. Well, um, yeah, when I came but, back, I got the white right. flowers. 
And uh, then I came back to it and I had the white flowers. Really interesting. When it was first uh, poured in the glass and it was cold, really tart and really sour, and it's mellowed. And we'll be back. And we're back and we're talking about some lovely Spanish wines from uh, the Rioche Baisish region of Spain. And Denise was telling us what she thought about it. So, Sure. Well, as I mentioned, when it was first put into the glass, maybe, Harm, you're right. Maybe it's just because it was the first one on my palate today. It was a little too cold. Um, too tart. But, right. Too tart, a little acidic. But it's warmed up. It's mellowed very nicely. Um, I really get lemon, but not a very tart lemon, just a nice, balanced lemon. And the finish for me was, was a medium, still a little medium, light tart finish and as it warmed up those white flowers are really coming up warm on the nose yeah. yeah it's beautiful it's really opened up nicely what do you think maury i kind of agree with uh, most of what the two of you have said so far um for me it was really more green apple it was definitely tart when i first tasted it it's definitely mellowed i think some of that was palate adjustment and some of it may be just a little bit of air um but I, I particularly agree with what Harmeet said about the leaves. I didn't know that until I went back and reread it because it doesn't taste like a wine that spent time on the leaves. It tastes like a stainless steel fermented wine. Does, I don't get was, the leaves. I don't, doesn't, I, yeah, exactly. The yeah. leaves context not showing like I thought it would. Right. It should have given you that mouthfeel, that body, uh, creaminess, uh, maybe even a little bit of yeastiness. And uh, really, you don't, you don't get any of that. So uh, if you're expecting those, those features, don't. Uh, but I think based on what you do get in the glass, uh, very well made, uh, nicely structured. And uh, as I said, uh, the Denise and Harm have really nailed it with regard to uh, a little bit of tartness, a little bit of acidity. Uh, again, for me, it was more green apple than, than uh, lemon. Uh, but a lovely wine. Bob, take the Jolly Rancher out of your mouth. That's what you're tasting. Yep. Uh, yeah, I love apple. That's why your tongue's green. So, um, it's a lovely wine. It really is. I mean, it's. I think it's extremely well put together. I think it's uh, on the nose. I I get. I mean, their tasting notes mention a, a salinity on the nose. I definitely get that. And I get white peaches. And I get white flowers. Um, it's got a lovely nose on the palate. Mm. I think it's gonna. It, it's 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 very well put together. The acidity is balanced. It's not out of play. I and mean, when we first tried it, it seemed a little more acidic. But it's it's, it's too cold. Then we first tried it's it. It's definitely uh, now that it's warmed up a bit. It's settled down. Um, I get some some pear note on it. The lemon is huge, but it's not a bitter lemon. It's not acidic lemon. It's more of a, you know, like a, a lemon rind, a lemon oil. Um, and a really nice mineral note on the bottom palate and down the back of the down the back of the palate. I kind of want some scallops, man. Did you make a scallop? <laughs> I kind of want scallops all the time, but, you know, yeah. just I think it would go nicely with spicy food. I think this could go well with Indian. This could go well with Thai. I don't know. Let's see. Harm, how's it going with you? Yeah. Uh, can't do it. Can't do it, man. <laughs> Need to get. It takes me a while to make the the, the butter chicken. It takes six preparation. <laughs> I think it. I think it's a. It, it's a lovely wine. Um, you know, good representation of the region. Uh, yeah, definitely. I I'd agree with you about the minerality. I got more minerality yeah. than than salinity. More back palate. But definitely, I don't get the salinity on the palate. I get it on the nose. Yeah, yes. in the nose. It's almost like got, an ocean breezy kind yeah. of salinity. Mm -hmm. But you get more of that earthy minerality. More of a. 
not like a not like a like a Moselle where you get that slaty minerality. This is a little bit slaty, but it's more gravelly, more Agreed. earthy, um, but not overpowering. I definitely agree with you guys. the The impact of the leaves is definitely muted, but I'm imagining that's what they're going for. Um, yeah, this is probably their style. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely. Yeah. I've had barrel aged from uh, Albarino. That's a rare yeah. thing too. So there's people do make different styles of Albarino. Yeah, and I mean, if you really wanted the leaves to be you know, in your face, another six months. And, and again, barrel aging is boneless to stainless steel would probably really, really bring it out. But um, I think that's what they're going for. It's fresh. It's clean. I, I could definitely see me, you know, this this be a great one sitting out in the backyard, you know, having a little wine and cheese and a cigar and a little whiskey and uh, just lounging. I mean, I think that's nice. everything for you. A little cigar, <laughs> wine and cheese. Or, yeah, that's the There's nothing else There's for nothing Bob. Else. It's what I'd be doing right now if it wasn't for you guys. So well, it's 2 a.m. The neighbors will be complaining. Yeah, I do it in the dark. It doesn't matter. So we're going to be rating the uh, Castro Martin family estate Sobrelias 2017. Three sips. Interesting. All right. So we're going to be going on to our next wine. And this is the Pazo Pandal Mina Vida. Mina Vida. Uh, 60% Alberino. <laughs> 40% uh, Trechadora from the Condando de Tia region. Let's see. Nice nose on it. A little bit of mineral. Uh, almost a tartness to it. Almost uh, It's definitely tart on the nose. Almost a little just, uh, citrusy, but I think leaning more toward a lime or a sour orange. But it's got a nice roundness to it on the palate. Mmm. On the palate, this one is uh, definitely a, a much more creamy finish than the first one. The first one is much more bright, more more uh, sharp. This is a little more creamy. I get uh, get a big boost of citrus, especially around the edges of the palate. A um, little bit of a little bit of minerality to it. A little bit of floral. Yeah, very nice. I mean, very nice. What do you think, Denise? Well, that's a good question, because I, I've been thinking about this particular one for several minutes now. Again, it's very different from when I first tried it. I like it. I, I really had hoped that on the palate was going to be exactly what I got on the nose, because I really love the nose of this. But although on the palate for me, yes, it was creamy. I, I like the citrus. It was crisp. It was clean. It wasn't full bodied enough on the palate for me. I really had a, a little bit higher expectation coming it's off light. the nose Definitely for me. Light. And, but you're um, not want and then the finish Albrino was a little short. Body. I wasn't going to do, say that again. Albarino is generally, usually not full bodied. Right. Okay. Unless it has a lot of barrel aging. This is, a, they don't tell us anything about the vinification of this wine. So we have right. no idea how this is right. made. But I just thought the, the nose was so lovely. And yeah. I, I think I was, was just hopeful. That disconnect and so maybe I was just slightly more, let down, yeah. although I, I still thought it was a beautiful wine. And for me, the finish was just a little short, though. So a, a little bit longer finish would have helped to even that out for me. Absolutely. Boys? I agree. Um, Chime uh, in. I don't, think you're, I don't think what you were saying is that it had, uh, you're expecting the body of a, a big, buttery chardonnay no no but in comparison to, to the nose the class 
in comparison to the first wine, comparison to the nose, the body was a little bit of a letdown. It was a hint uh, creamier and a hint nicer mouthfeel mm-hmm. than the first wine. But other than that, it was a little bit more uh, one note and, uh, and less complex on the palate. It was definitely a little more citrus for me than green apple like the last one. Um, definitely got some of that minerality. Um, and again, a nice wine, but... Um, but just sort of missed the missed the mark a little bit for me. Okay, uh, I, I, you guys all mentioned minerality to me. This is not it's not a mineral note that bothers me here. This there's an herbal component at the end of this that at the end at, at the and there's not just that it's it's like a foxiness, you know that that uh, that kind of animal animal kind of uh, smell. It's uh it's like peach skins and and, and like a, a foxiness. It's, I I don't know how else to describe it. But there's it's a definite characteristic to certain wines, especially in the New World. I think this Foxy. is Treshadura. Um, the nose, white flowers, the citrus, and then there's underneath there's that, that animal note and a dark uh, kind of bitter herb. Um, the, it just didn't do it for me. This, uh, from the nose to the, the palate, it's just mm, this one I was a little kind of disappointing to me. Arm, when you lay down with dogs, <laughs> you smell like animals. Yeah, well. You no, I mean, it. I would not have described it as Foxy. foxy or animal like have you ever had some upper, uh, upstate new york wines uh catawba or uh uh what else are the other ones they grow up there there's some weird ones but, yeah they grow some weird ones up there yeah so th- that's the, that kind of reminded me of that 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 foxiness at the end of the wine here that no i admit there's it. something else there at the end i just probably didn't know He's how to identify it or, or describe to use the word it. foxiness so yeah it's very no, raccoon like my wife she's foxy every day <laughs> he writes that stuff down when he finds a new one and you know he's got one of those calendars so <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> maybe it was the faux fox stole that she came home wearing he's got foxy on the brain could Keep have been reaching. the high heels he was wearing with it too but you know no i think it's it's got a lovely nose it's uh it's foxy. Yeah, it's got a, it's you know it's um, you know I feel like the same we just region, found the name very, of this very episode. Lines. <laughs> mm. uh, but I believe this one cost about half what the first one does. Mm. So um, actually, I think maybe a little bit less than half. So also put that into your two buck chuck into your no nothing's that bad. Good Lord, please. <laughs> Well, these vines are very reasonably priced. I do think that if you take into account yeah, so, so is water, you know, the price range, yeah. uh, these wines are, are quite impressive considering well, that's the, the nice cost. thing about wines from Spain in general. Very reasonable. They're, they, you know, they always have been, and, and they're a lot more now than they were, say, 15 Give years ago. Give time, the Chinese will ruin it and drive up the price. Probably, yeah. But you know, fi- you remember 15, 20 years ago, you were getting amazing Spanish wines for almost nothing. And, you know, they got a little bit of a boost, but still, I think the, if you're talking Europe, the best value for the dollar, I think, is still coming overall from Spain. So, you know, nice wine. Uh, we're giving it three sips. Interesting. All right. So, Maury is going to uh, take us over the border from Spain oh into Here France and tell us a little bit about Champagne Pomery. Thank you, Bob. The history of Champagne Pomery began in 1836 with a wool merchant. It was in that year that the house of Dubois-Gosset was sold to a group of investors, which included a local merchant named Alexander-Louis Pomery. 
20 years later, Alexander Pomery was ready to retire, but with the birth of his second son imminent, he decided to leave retirement behind and get into the wine business. So in 1856, Alexander, along with partner Narcisse Grenot, founded Pomery and Grenot. In 1858, which is two years later, after the death of her husband, the business was taken over by Madame Jean Pomery. It was Madame Pomery who redirected the focus of the business from still red wine to champagne. Madame Pomery based the expansion of her house on the creation of wines unlike any others, with one constant demand, quality pushed to the extreme. Well aware of how important the grape's origin was to the quality of her wines, over the years she built a collection of the finest vineyards in all of Champagne. In 1874, with an eye on capturing the English market, she created Pomery Nature, the first brute champagne to meet with commercial success, thereby breaking with the tradition of champagne as a very sweet wine. In July of 1868, Madame Pomery launched what would be the largest construction project of the century in REM, the transformation of chalk quarries into wine cellars. French and Belgian miners dug 18 kilometers, 30 meters below the Earth's surface, of interconnected galleries formed of barrel vaults and rib vaults. A monumental staircase with 116 steps is the sole connection between this underground world and the, and the one outside. Upon Madame Pomery's death, control of the house went to her daughter, Louise, who ran the business along with her husband, Prince Guy de Polignac. The house continued in family hands until 1979, when it was sold several times, eventually ending up with the LVMH Group in 1990, who subsequently sold the brand to the current owners, the Rankin Pomery Monopole Group, located in Rem, which also owns Heitzig & Company, Monopole, and Rankin, Chateau Gordon, Domaine Royal de Jarras, and Roséus in their portfolio. Pomery produces over a half a million cases per year. So with that, let's go on to our first expression. This will be the Pomery Brut Royale. It is a non-vintage champagne at 12.5% ABV with a dosage of 10 grams per liter. The Pomery Brut Royale is made from a blend of one-third Chardonnay with the balance being a blend of Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier from 40 selected villages in the Champagne region, aged for a minimum of three years. This has a beautiful straw color. Uh, it's very light. It's got some beautiful floral notes on the nose, along with some lime, a little bit of green apple and white peach. Again, very reminiscent of some of the wines we've talked about uh, earlier on in this segment. On the palate, it's just got a lovely mouthfeel. There's definitely apples and golden raisins and grapefruit, some chalky minerality, and even a little hint of uh, brioche on the palate. It's got a nice viscosity palate coating, and I would say it's got a lovely finish that's uh, medium to long. Really classic French-style champagne, extremely well-made, very popular. They, they make a tremendous amount. They obviously sell a tremendous amount. A half a million cases amounts to over 6 million bottles of champagne that they're making. So that's quite a large volume. I but they do a beautiful it. job. I could drink it. Yeah, you definitely could drink I it. I know I could drink it. Yeah. Denise, what do you think? 
Um, it's beautiful. <laughs> you have to wake me up. And uh, I'd like to raise a glass to the Pomery women because they really apparently took it to, to the next level. I would be devastated if you did not join me for at least one glass of fine champagne. <laughs> <laughs> not sure about anybody else, but on the nose, the very, very back, I get a slight hint of tobacco. And I thought, mm, at first, you know, that, that'll probably fade. But it's still there for me. Um, it's really interesting. I, I, it's not what I expected at all. I agree with you. It, it's medium-bodied. It's beautiful. It hits all areas of my tongue, especially the tip right on the entry. And that's really fun and interesting. And for me, the finish is medium to long. It's just, it's beautiful. I'm really enjoying it. Checks all the boxes. Yes. One box is all missing the for me here. The mousse, oh, the mousse the died mousse. early. There's not enough bubble for this. It just went away early. I don't know. Well, Is just add a little foie and there you go, or pate. Everything, everything's and, better with pate. And, and and you'll just add it in. If you just That's drink all. it faster, then you don't have that problem. <laughs> drink it faster. Just you might add your for, mousse for almost an hour, and it's got nice life and lively bubbles mm -hmm. left. Really? Mine feels like it's going a little flat early. No, mine but still has the, some the, life. I mean, it's not. I mean, I love this champagne. I do. I do like it quite a bit. But um, the, again, the, the you guys bottle? are saying that there's nothing. And there's not. I don't. I don't disagree with anything you said. But uh, it's just the bottle. The, the bubbles have disappeared early for me. Um, maybe yeah. How about just a, another splash? That'd oh, be another good. splash. Yeah. Oh well. Can, can we pass? Can oh yeah. Pour for your husband first. Okay. Here we go. Oh, Thank you. There you go. Thank you. A fresh now it's going to be delicious. Mm. I don't know. I don't there think any bottles. of it. I don't think any of it goes flat. I, I've been known to drink it off the nightstand out of the bottle the next morning, and yeah. it's still yeah, beautiful it's still and wonderful. Yeah. And um, it, I get a lot of lime on the nose and, and the, the white the white peaches. I didn't get the apple that, that Mari was getting. Anybody get that little tobacco hint or no? no Just me on the nose. All I'm looking for it, and I'm okay. not finding it. Trying so. to find it. Mm. Um, it's okay. I mean, at the end, it's it's, it's my just, brain. It's it's white peach, and then um, I noticed neither of you guys mentioned on the palate a little biscuity nature. Or did boy mention brioche? Yes. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. There's a briochey, uh, yeah, yeasty, sort of, biscuity. more of a biscuit for mm -hmm. me, more yeah. of the yeasty kind of chalky kind of. Well, the minerality it, it, it comes at the end. That chalky minerality, it's just kind of it's there, a little drying and nice, but it's it's not over the top. I mean, like some other champagnes, it's very well balanced. Yeah, that's it, it's well put together. I mean, I will, this is their flagship standard, I and it's, it. it's well put together. Like Maury said, it hits all the boxes where it's supposed to. Um, you know, you've got a really nice color to it. It's got a great mouthfeel to it. Really good, just, you know, good good representation of what it's supposed to be, good representation of the house. And Pomery is actually inexpensive for Champagne. Yeah, and that's the other nice thing is, is it's, not, it's not bloody expensive. So, So we're going to be rating it. Three sips. Interesting. And we're back, and we're discussing some lovely champagnes uh, from the house Pomeray. So, I would be devastated if you did not join me for at least one glass of fine champagne. Come on, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I, that is that awesome. That guy could read the phone book, and I just sit there and watch right? it. <laughs> so you true, are a fanboy. So we're going to be going okay. on to our next champagne, and we're going to have Denise tell us about that one. Well, this is the Pomeroy Blanc de Blanc. It's non-vintage. It's 100% Chardonnay, 12.5% ABV, 
and the dosage is seven grams per liter. So it's an average of three to five years. Beautiful color. It's like all the others. It's just brilliant straw. Yes. And pale gold. Beautiful. Gonna have to defer to the gentleman today to help me to describe this. I like it. It's very nice. I get all citrus though on the nose. Maybe a little bit of woodsy woodsiness on the nose. Yeah, with, like, with that. Just a little tiny bit of smoke. Right. And, so it's and floral trolls. and woodsy and citrus. But on the palate for me, all citrus. I'm really having um, some trouble no, identifying. I disagree. You disagree. I want to hear. It was That's flat why when I, I put it in the glass. Defer. It's warmed up. It's aerated. And now you can really tell the difference um, that it's, it's got much more body and viscosity. You can tell there's a much more heavy prevalence of the Chardonnay. Um, it's 100% Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. right, exactly. <laughs> it's it, very and, and I normally love Blanc de Blanc. So when I first tasted it, I was not uh, a huge fan. It was too really cold when evolved. you first tasted yes. it. This is great wine now. But it was warmer. It was warmer than everything else. But you're right. It was a little cold, but also some air has done it a great job. And in the meantime, how about some tasting notes, though? So, well, just I, so other than I don't the citrus, get all the that citrus. I'm, I get really? butteriness, I get brioche. That's what I want. I get all maybe this I great just stuff. need to pour more no, in my lots glass. Of brioche. Yeah, yeah, lots of brioche. Okay, well, 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 the three of you discuss I mean, it and describe beautiful. it. I'm going to pour a little more, just French bakery and a little yeah, bit of orange just, marmalade, exactly. It's got all that stuff going I on. I feel so sad yeah, right that, now. It's like brioche, not so much the yeastiness, but that buttery. It just that maybe you got the wrong wine. I all don't that have Chardonnay the wrong wine. I better not. Your you poured it, and it's just so lovely. It just fills the mouth up. That's not the right wine, and that's not. I didn't pour that. Which one are you drinking? Try that. Well, perhaps we have solved the <laughs> mystery. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, no, it's, it's pretty right much one? the same. Yeah, yeah, it's the right one. It's the right one. It's the right one. It's okay. It must I want be your to love them all. Bulbs. <laughs> must oh, be. Anyway, I, I, I agree with Maury. The, 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 I think the flavor's there. It's orchard fruit and smoke and beautiful yeasty bread. And well, it's not too yeasty. Good thing the, the, we average our sips. I don't want to bring down the score. No, I kind of like, I liked it better when we were, everybody gave their own separating. This whole average thing is like, no. Nah, nah. What are you giving it? I mean, I, I I would give this three to four sips, but we have to do the average thing, don't we? I, I love this, uh, this champagne, but we've got better stuff coming up. Yes, Ooh. go. All right. Well, As he sits there with his eyes closed and can't see a yeah, thing thought, any of uh, us are doing here. So never mind. <laughs> so we're going to be rating... The Pomeray Blanc de Blanc, three sips. Interesting. All right, so we're moving on to our next one, and we're going to ask Mr. Happy over here to tell us what he thinks about it. Okay, Pomeray Cuvée Louise is 2004. Oh, Six he's so French, isn't he? <laughs> okay, oh. he emphasizes it when he talks. So glad he wore his beret. <laughs> yeah. Cuvée Louise is the Tête de Cuvée from Champagne Pomeray, 60% Chardonnay, 40% Pinot Noir. 12% ABV and 5 grams per liter of dosage. Created in 1979 as a tribute to Louise Pomery. Cuvée Louise originates in the vineyards of Avis. I don't know how to pronounce that. Cremant and I. And the three Grand Cru areas that are the jewels of the crown in the Champagne region. Uh, so there's three Grand Cru regions. 
Cuvée Pomerie is all from there. Their wine, show, it shows. It really does. Again, the color is a beautiful pale gold straw. Uh, the nose, yeasty brioche over the top. The green apple that Maury's been hallucinating about is here in this bottle. Uh, there's some really nice salinity, like chalky notes and some lemon. And this is this you can tell this is a Tetu Cuvée Champagne just from the fine mousse. It's just just when you put this in the mouth, mm, the bubbles are finer, and and they last longer. It's great citrus and tropical fruit. Biscuits. Biscuits are I get there. Biscuits. That was on the nose. It was more on the nose than on the palate for me. You know what I get on the nose? What? Crazy cotton candy and brown butter. That's nuts, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, if, if that's your, if that's your association, that's your association. <laughs> are you, are you hung over from the fair episode. last night? You went to the South Florida fair? I just can't there help it. There is a little bit of candy ginger in here, and I like that a lot. And the finish is long and dry and just quite good. I mean, I, besides the cotton candy, what'd you get out of it, Denise? Oh, well, everything that you described. I was so busy enjoying it. Yeah, but the sweet up. biscuits, you know, it's hard oh, yeah, to get past that. This, it's hard yeah, to get past brown butter and cotton yeah. candy and then sweet and biscuits on the palate. Yeah. You just want to, you know, pour another glass and, and keep drinking. So uh, it's delicious. Well, why not? It's 2 a.m. What <laughs> else we got to do? I love the finish. It's it's pleasant. It's long. It just makes me uh, come back for more. So I love it. I have a bunch of uh, Frenchies who shop with me. I mean, dogs, little Frenchy dogs, and little uh, valued French customers. <laughs> Hold on, you want me to do this again for you? Yeah, okay. good. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Talk about you. Talk my about my you. French customers will will put their nose up at Dom Perignon and ask for Cuvée Louise. Okay. The price point's better too. So, but sure. Yeah. What's the price point on this? Like one thirty. Bargain. It's a bargain. It's quite good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about the. The butter part, the the brown butter, but I do get a nuttiness on the nose. So oh yeah, maybe that's the same thing. Mm. Right up. It's like more like almonds. Yeah, toasted it's, almonds, it's, maybe. Yeah, yes. it's like a toasted. I mean, I get a butteriness, a toasted hazelnut, and then I get that nuttiness. So I, I definitely see where you're going with that. But it's yeah, a it's a bridge just, mix. It's just so. <laughs> yeah, it's Czechs mixing a glass. Um, it's just well put together. I mean, it's just such a well put together champagne. I mean, the nose is there, the mousse is there, the mouthfeel is there. It's just. Yeah. You can tell the bubbles are finer, more delicate. Just mm -hmm. it, that, whole, that, that whole sensory component adds to the champagne as well. Yeah, it's mm. just more refined. It's really nice. Mm. Yeah, we should just do stuff like this all the time. Yeah. Yes. Just, just, let's just do Tete de Cuvée champagnes and forget everything else. Mm -hmm. <sighs> if only I could. So. Mm. We're going to be rating the uh, Pomeroy Cuvier Louise 2004. Four sips. That's classified. Not surprised. So, and we are moving on to our last wine of the day. Ooh. Grab it here. Why, man? Why? Well, it's we just the last finish? one we're talking about. The bottles are still mostly full, so so it's not the last. It's not the last of our day. It's just the last of the people listening to this. That's their day. So. So we're going to the Pomeroy Cuvier Louise Brut Nature 2004. This is aged 10 years on the lees before, in, before being disgorged with no dosage added. Zero a, sugar. A blend of 35% Pinot Noir from the Grand Cru Village of Ai and 65% Chardonnay from the Grand Cru Village of, of Avis and Cremant. 
12.5% alcohol by volume. Again, the color's beautiful like all of them have been so far. Um, let's see on the nose. Again, you get that citrusy. I get almost like a blanched almond. Sort of a lime note. Um, and the company's tasting notes, I believe, uh, mentioned something about a peppermint top note. Interesting, because I, I saw that. And I do. I, it's but I crossed so much, out the pepper. It's not <laughs> so much. Because I crossed it out too. It's mint. Yeah, it's I, not so much like A little more spearmint than peppermint for it's me. It's more that cooling sensation in the tip of your yes. nose that you get from smelling peppermint as opposed to the peppermint itself. So I, I get where they're coming from on yes. it. Yes. Um, but I grow mint in the garden. Yeah. And it's not. It's the same thing. It's mm -hmm. that it's that vapory kind of thing you get from any kind of mint. Not so much the mint itself, but. No. Please. Mm. I mean, Denise, I called you Louise. That's okay. <laughs> you can change my name <laughs> to match Louise. the champagne bottle anytime yeah. you want. You're drinking Cuvée Denise. What do you want, Cuvée Louise? A <laughs> um, little bit of salinity to it, some citrus. Um, you got a little bit of white peach on it and a, and a lovely just underlayment of minerality to it. Uh, really well put together champagne. Mm. Um, Brutnature is a high, hard sell in America, though. That's the thing. Well, people want yeah. their residual sugar in their champagne. Yeah, I mean, I I'm perfectly fine with it. I think it's fabulous. So, what do you think, Denise? I like it. I do. Um, I thought it was really interesting. We've already talked about the mint or peppermint or spearmint notes. Um, I definitely get that on the palate as well with uh, the saltiness and the grapefruit. So that's a really great and interesting combination of flavors, and it, it really makes it delicious mm -hmm. for me. Uh, the finish is a little shorter than I would like it. Uh, a couple of the others today had longer finishes, and I enjoy that, even in whiskey and wine and everything. So this was a little shorter than I had hoped. It drops but off in the back. In the front, yeah. it's still all over the right, front. Right, but the but palate, the back, it goes oh, it's down. beautiful. But so still, you live with it because yeah, you just oh, yeah. take another sip. We're <laughs> yeah. splitting hairs with a it's damn easy. laser at this point. You just point. go back yeah. for more. Let's well, find something we can <laughs> say it about going. it that's not great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no one get white cherries? Did anybody say that? I, get, I did not. White cherries. I'm going to agree with everything you both said. However, I'm going to add yeah, one. In other words, he's Here not go. going to agree with us as usual. Counterpoint. Yeah. I love older champagnes, particularly ones that have spent a lot of time on the leaves. And uh, some companies will call them late disgorged or mm -hmm. recently disgorged. And so I had really high expectations of this champagne, uh, given that it's been 10 years on the leaves. And um, and honestly, it doesn't disappoint. It's 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 definitely uh, a, an outstanding champagne. However, I was looking for a little bit more of that yeasty, bready uh, English you style. Fifteen years champagne. on the leaves. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I've had <laughs> ten year that, ten year so. on the leaves that tastes much more uh, full bodied and earthy than this one. So, if you're looking for that. That you may you see another buy that Dom Perignon we were talking about, or the Cristal. Duncan spent fifteen years on the look. But but for what it is, it's fantastic. But correct, you're at an event. They're pouring this. It's the only one that that they're pouring. It's it's lovely. You're going it's back beautiful. For you're going back for refills. We are very fortunate to have six in front of us today, so it's easy to critique each one. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that that the only thing missing that the labels 
get you your interest peaked on is 10 years on the lease mm -hmm. and i felt that that time on the lease left my palate a little bit short other than that i'm, I'm just looking for things to be critical of because fat how unusual perhaps, really it's a fantastic <laughs> never show. heard wow. that come out of his uh -uh. mouth before first off reading the label i mean come on we know he can't read right and second off he's looking for things to complain about okay does it say 10 years and you notice all the, the bottles are in front of him mm -hmm. yeah he just keeps refilling his glass of course so I'm I'm a fan of Pomery uh, mm -hmm. wines. The it it, it for me it depends on what I'm eating or what I'm going to pair it with. Whether I prefer the regular Cuvée Louise or the Brutnature. Brutnature is uh, just new to America. I know this has been around probably a little bit longer in Europe, but um, it's the first time that we've had Tête de Cuvée Brutnature. I think most um, most high end the Tête de Cuvée refers to the 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 uh, the best blend of the of the wine coming out from the from the 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 winery, um, the Champagne House that year, like like the Tete de Cuvée for Mont Chandon is called Don Perignon. The Tete de Cuvée for uh, Tattinger is uh, what is Tattinger? Comte de Champagne. Tattinger. Comte de Champagne, exactly. And uh, and Louis Roeder's Tete de Cuvée is Cristal. So I mean the the normal champagnes, and they put aside the best ones for separate aging or for going longer, and that's their tete de cuvee. But I don't think there's any other tete de cuvee besides these guys and Billy Carsamon that have uh, brut nature, right? Or maybe even Billy Carsamon doesn't. Their tete de cuvee is not uh, not not uh, a, a brut. They don't make maybe, a brut nature. Maybe the problem is is it's ten years on the lees and it's what fifteen years in the bottle, you know. Total and Maury's just not happy with that because Maury doesn't like you know old wine. Bring us some fresh wine, <laughs> well, no think, more than think, old stuff. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> See, when you when you have l less sugar in the bottle, you have the mouthfeel changes, and and this should be a little bit leaner, a little bit more higher acidity. Yeah, when you've got no dosage in it, it's it's sugar isn't just there in champagne to make it sweet. I mean, some it feeds the yeast. Some are. You know, like a melted Slurpee, but it's it's like adding salt to food. It it wakens up some of the flavors that you may not be able but to. But sometimes pull out. A, 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 we used in America. We think we like. I think the wines we like are too sweet. I'm, I'm glad they're yeah, getting away. Yeah, no, from but that's right. what I'm saying. Is is there? You really have to look a little harder when there's no dosage in it at all to be able to pick out the finer points because sometimes that little bit of sugar in it helps waking up some of those so like so. As i was saying for me it depends on what i'm eating as to which which wine i would choose the the pomeray cuvee louise the regular one fantastic i think that's where that mouthfeel that maury was looking for is there mm -hmm. five grams of residual sugar and the other one here in, in the brut nature there's zero sugar added so it's going to be a leaner wine but I think it's a better, a more food friendly wine. You want something, you more. Uh, Denise was talking about uh, what was it, foie gras? Mm. Yeah, this no, and this, foie gras. This would sure. definitely be better with food for me. Absolutely. Whereas something with a little higher dosage and is is going to be more of a walking around and drinking and being happy kind of champagne. Yes. Yes. So, bring me some fatty foods and bring. You know what, uh, Chef George always does from what I'm a chef I use, popcorns and truffle butter. Mm. Let's do that. Just, just bring me some oil. Why didn't you bring some today? Hmm? Add them in perfect addition. There you go. Truffle butter popcorn. Are we giving this a rating? We are. Bobby Joe? I'm just waiting for you to stop talking. <laughs> We're going to be rating it four sips. That's classified. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you can catch all of our episodes where you found this one as well as on terrestrial and satellite radio and online at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, CBS Radio, Radio Radio.com, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, and pretty much any other place you can listen to a podcast. What's Podbean? Do I need to learn about Podbean now? Can't keep up with them, can you? You have to pay attention. Uh, The easiest way to find this show on your phone is to ask Lex or Siri, Google, or whoever the person is that talks back to you, Vladimir Putin, whatever. My Um, wife talks back to me, man. What do I do? Play podcasts, Sip Suds and Smokes. We love your feedback. Please uh, reach out to us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. And our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at SipsudSmoke. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. And you'll also be able to interact with all the other fans on there. You can also check us out on Instagram at SipsudsAndSmokes or at MadeManBob. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. It's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. And I want to thank our co-host for joining us. Thank you, Denise. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed this episode. (laughs) Would have never guessed. <laughs> Thank you, Maury. Merci beaucoup, Bob. Oh, my. A very fine day in the basement. Lord. Sounds like Pepper right? Pew on heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Harmi. How you say? Thank you, Bob. I really enjoy this show. Okay. I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. <laughs> All right. So, well, for Sip, Suds, and Smokes, this is Made Man Bob. We thank you for joining us. And remember, life is too short to drink bad wine. That's for sure. That's a wrap, kids. And fortunately, we have not had that issue today. No, sir. Where's the champagne? Where's the champagne wench with the bottle? He's next to you. His name's Maury, the one with the three bottles Uh, sitting right next to you. (laughs) Yeah. See? That's his new name. We're going to tattoo it on his lower back. CW. been a one tan hand production of sip suds and smokes a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life from the dude in the basement studios your host the good old boys will see you all next time <laughs>